Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Appraisal Buzzcast. We have a great episode and one that everybody's going to want to join us for. But let me welcome in our host, Hal Humphreys. Hal, welcome. Jim, thank you so much for being here. It's good to see you again. Well, we're really excited. Our guest today is Brian Snotty, and he's one of the most decorated people we've had on this podcast. So we're really excited to have him join us. Uh, Brian, welcome and thank you for being here. We're totally excited to have you here. We've got a lot of things that I think we can talk about. Um, you know, one of the first things I'd like to know, um, you know, give us a little background on Brian Snotty and how you ended up in this appraisal space. I mean, to be honest with you, a little background is I came from a small town in Northeast Texas. Um, I went to a small school, you know, it's a little town area, Longview and a little small school in White Oak. So we're in a place, I grew up in a place where you knew everybody, everybody knew everybody else. And so I, I have come the come to government with that sort of small town feel. And uh, I've been in government for a number of years. I've served in the Air Force uh, for several years in, in Germany and then also in, uh, back in St. Louis at Scott Air Force Base. And then I spent probably almost a dozen years in state government. And so really what, what I'm trying to bring, I think, to the to bear is an awareness uh, that comes from small town living, having had a world review that's all over the world and having spent a significant amount of time um, in state government and federal government, but also in private practice. And so I want to make sure that we're, we're bringing all those tools and all that experience together to really help drive uh, success in whatever endeavor we have. As far as getting into the the real estate space and, and real and into appraisal space, it's happened really more by accident than, than by or happen chance. We were getting more and more questions. Uh, our investigators were in our process, uh, and I'll back up a little bit. The you know the agency I work for is Texas Workforce Commission, and I'm Civil Rights Division Director. And so, part of our charge, there's two parts of our charge really. Is, we help to with the EEOC to put fair employment practices in place and we help with HUD to put fair housing practices in place. And so part of the, the situation, and it really began probably occurring right around or just nearly after the pandemic, as housing became more of a premium, particularly for people who are working from home, needed a home office, needed a place to, to kind of spread their wings. And as people got out of the city centers, we found that we're getting more and more appraisal uh, bias questions or more issues about concerns about whether the process was fair. And so uh, the Texas Appraisal Board, they reached out to us actually and said, hey, we have appraisers that we can provide to you guys and we can provide through assistance program and we can actually train your investigators so they know what a fair appraisal looks like. So well, it's great because we have no idea what an appraiser is. Most of the times when we do a process fair housing, it's on the basis of race, color, nationality, sex, um, you know, familial conditions. It is sort of our standard sort of list of, of underlying bases that we would evaluate. But when it came down to appraisals, we had no idea. So that we were very happy uh, and very fortunate to partner with our Texas Appraisal Board. Okay. Well, that is, that is a, a roundabout way to get into the space. Um, and, you know, a lot of folks, that are in the appraisal business have taken kind of circuitous routes to get there. Um, where did you go to law school, Brian? I attended law school at Texas Southern University in Houston. Okay, uh, all right, very good. Law 
And were you, did you go to law school before the Air Force or after the Air Force? I did that after the Air Force. So I actually started, um, and this and this is, I've gotten here a long way as well. I started at, at the University of Texas at Austin and I finished a degree in chemistry before I went over and, and had signed up to join into the Air Force. And so I spent some time in Frankfurt, Germany, spent a few years there, came back to the States, a few more years in sort of global air operations before I attended law school. Uh, okay. Worked throughout my career. Awesome. Well, that that is definitely a well-rounded uh, approach to uh, the law and to government regulation. Um, I want to do something real quick. Let's take a short break and give a shout out to one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Since 1978, LIA Administrators and Insurance Services has been offering E&O insurance to valuation professionals. LIA applies superior customer service, exceptional liability education from Peter Christensen, and unparalleled claim defense managed by Claudia Gaglioni. LIA offers errors and omissions, commercial bonds, general liability, cyber liability, and real estate agents and brokers E&O. Visit liability.com or call 800-334-0652. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Hal Humphreys, your list of the Buzzcast. I'm really excited to have Brian Snoddy on today. Brian is with the Texas Workforce uh, Commission. Is that what it's called? Texas Workforce yeah, Commission? Texas Workforce okay. um, you know, there's a lot of talk in the appraisal space right now um, about uh, bias, um, and its impact on valuation across the board. There have been several stories in uh, major newspapers, major news outlets across the country about appraisal bias. Um, I want to talk today about, there's, there's this thing, the Appraisal Institute, and Fannie Mae have going on called the Appraiser Diversity Initiative. Um, from your perspective, what are some ways we could increase diversity in this appraisal space? I think there's a number of ways to increase diversity. And first, let me, let me reframe this just a little bit. I, I think a lot of times everybody wants to see bias um, as, and they use bias sort of as a bad word. The reality is we all have bias. Um, you know, frankly, I'm biased. We all, I, I like, you know, a Big Mac as opposed to a quarter pounder. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing, but we want to be careful that when we apply those bias, that there's, there's some fairness in the process. And so that's one of the things that really connected us and drove and brought us a connectivity here in terms of uh, going into the process. Um, the other thing that we looked at, I think, is um, oftentimes customers come to us. We refer to all of our clients and clients and customers and our respondents, and they don't really understand what's going on behind the scenes. You know, and I had the opportunity to attend the, the Aero Conference in Savannah, Georgia, just uh, about a month ago. And one of the things that, that I was able to talk about and explain was to many of the customers, appraisals are really just a black box. They don't know what's inside. They don't know how the numbers come out. And these numbers just come magically out. And so, you know, one of the things that we really pride ourselves on is providing an education and technical assistance um, to both the complainants that, that come to us and also to our respondents, which are typically housing providers, uh, and so those, both of those, those individuals, groups are, are in need of education. So we're happy to help and partner in that process. Okay. Um, and, and I think it's really important uh, 
to, to point out the fact that, you know, a lot of appraisers out there in the field that are doing this work, when they hear the word bias, they interpret that as racist. And I think it's really key what you pointed out. We all have biases. Um, it's, it's kind of how we've survived as human beings. We've been able to, you know, see pattern recognition and, and make quick decisions. Um, but there are ways that we can address that. And I think one of the first things is to, to educate ourselves about bias in general and understand that, you know, when we, when we, the Harvard bias, um, test have you seen that where they've got the baseball cards and they're held by a white hand or a black hand um just by going through that training people are more aware of their biases and able to address them um <clears throat> i think you know the, the topic of how do we diversify the appraisal business the appraiser diversity initiative is is doing you know a herculean effort of trying to um get the word out to other demographics about the appraisal profession. Um, you know, the profession is right now a little over 90% white, a little over 70% male. Um, and just on its surface, those are kind of disturbing numbers. Um, do you, do you think it would be useful, um, for people in your state of Texas to learn more about that appraisal diversity initiative and, and open up the practice of appraisal to other demographics? You know, there's, there's a saying that I was listening to, uh, just came back from a little bit of a vacation on Memorial Day. That it's Maya Angelou saying that in every situation where there is some downfall, that there's an opportunity. And so what I see is really an opportunity there. I don't think the numbers are surprising. I don't believe that uh, folks um, are shocked by what they see in terms of maybe a lack of, of diversity writ large, uh, whether that's um, for color, gender, et cetera, whether that's military veterans. You know, I'm a veteran. I still highly support the veterans. Uh, a lot of them are looking for uh, good jobs and they leave the service. Uh, so I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And this is where I come back to the education, the technical assistance component. This is one of the places where we can now go out and reach out and say, hey, have, you know, customer, have you considered a, a, a career, a professional a career change into the appraisal space? This is your opportunity to go dynamically impact and affect things in a positive way. And so, like I said, once again, we we recognize and I think there's some I'm not a, I'm not the bias or the, the prejudice sort of expert, but there is probably about 216 different biases that people hold. And, and I've heard this in, in various uh, presentations. Certainly some of those are good for us. You know, if I see a tiger, I need to know that I need to run. <laughs> I don't want to sit and watch the tiger and come attack me. So, um, but what we want to do is we want to make sure that we're providing the education, we're providing the also coincidentally the opportunity. And so that's where we're really partnering with our Texas Appraisal Board, partnering with, with ARO and other institutions where we can say, hey, how can we best jump in the fight? How can we help? Awesome. That's great. Well, let's take a real quick break and give a shout out to another one of our sponsors and we'll be right back. The Appraisal Institute recently launched its Instagram page, AI's latest presence on social media, joining Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube and the Face Value podcast. Visit and follow AI's Instagram page for another way to access valuation news and association updates. www.instagram.com slash appraisal institute. 
Welcome back, everybody. I'm Hal Humphreys. You're listening to the Appraisal Buzz. I'm joined by Brian Snoddy, uh, Texas Workforce Commission, uh, Air Force veteran, all around interesting guy. He's an attorney. He's kind of in, in right. He's found himself in the valuation space. Uh, Brian, thank you again for being here. You know, in looking at um, how we how we have success in this area of dealing with um, diversity and appraisal bias and that kind of business from a regulation standpoint, how do we change the conversation in the appraisal industry to accommodate these things? Well, one of the things, like I said, I like to reframe it from bias to talk about fairness because people fundamentally, I have a little son, I have Leo, my son Leo, he's five years old. And if I put a, uh, a bag of jelly beans on the table and somebody grabs, you know, five of the six jelly beans, he instinctively knows that it's not fair. And so I think people understand that there's a, there's a gut feeling, just a natural understanding we have all as human beings. This is what feels fair. This is what a process is. And so one of the first things we want to attenuate, first things we want to educate people on is what are the actual elements of the fair process? What are they want to take it out of the, the shroud of the black box so people begin to understand precisely what is it that goes into the actual uh, evaluation process. Mm-hmm. So that's the first element really is, is making sure that we're not, uh, we have not subscribed to false notions or, or having used a lot, a lot of lack of information to keep us in a, a cloud of darkness. So that's one of the things out there. Another part, like I said, we, we're looking for, and we we're really been preaching sort of strategic partnerships every situation that we have is once again another opportunity there are many things that we are good at there's many things also that we're not good at but just because we're not good doesn't mean that we don't want to reach out to others that that have uh, ability to do things beyond what we can do so you know one of the things i'd, I'd mention really quickly is a strategic partnership with the texas appraisal board that allows us to be able to actually investigate and to make determinations on these cases of, of fairness in appraisal or bias in the, in the appraisal um, we've been able to use their, their assistants and their, their appraisers on staff without having to go out and spend extra money to do so. We've also been able to attend their training and be able to get better educated and better enlightened on what the appraisal process is. So now we've become, in some sense, evangelist and can help better spread the word on opportunities in the, in the employment for being an appraiser, also providing others with a better understanding of what the appraisal process is. And I think that that is the key missing part. Um, you know, citizens out there trying to buy a home, they have gotten pretty familiar with real estate agents and what they do. They've gotten pretty familiar with home inspectors and what they do. But like you said, there is this black box around the appraisal process. It's like this guy comes up, looks at the house, then a couple of weeks later, a number gets spit out and they have no idea how that happened. And I think on the appraiser side, um, there was a magazine years ago for the appraisal industry called The Communicator. And I think literally that is our job as appraisers is to communicate and to do so clearly and effectively. Um, the appraisal form that, that everybody has seen um, and consumers pay for out of their pocket, the banks don't pay for that usually. It's a hard form to understand if you're not familiar with it. So I love the idea of the Workforce Commission uh, working to educate people on how that process actually works. Um, Brian, I, 
I cannot thank you enough for being here today. I think it's been a really interesting conversation. Um, I would love to spend more time uh, chatting with you at some point down the road, just just man to man having a conversation because I, I think this Anytime. these topics are really um, necessary and the ability for us as human beings to sit down and talk openly about these topics is, is critical, um, not just for the appraisal profession, but for us as a country and a society. All right, I really appreciate the opportunity. I, I, I close here. One mention one thing that we are doing, and because we see that even uh, though we're trying to do a really good work, sometimes we have blind spots. And one of the blind spots we have recognized recently is that frequently a lot of our literature is written above the grade level and understanding of the, of the clientele and the customers that we're trying to reach. And so we've really gone back and done a bottom-up review of, of our literature to make sure that what we're putting down on paper, people are able to pick up. If people can't understand what we're trying to communicate, then we are fundamentally failing at what we need to do. We are in the communication business, uh, just like appraisers are in the communication business. And so under the, the, the main crux, if I can leave any, anything with anybody, is we have to make sure that whatever we're putting down, people will pick up and then be able to get uh, some utility out of that and get the, the benefit of their bargain. Yeah, absolutely. I had a, um, there was an appraiser years ago in Nashville, Tennessee, where I'm from, who did courtroom testimony. It was one of his main gigs. And, and he, he was famous for saying, well, if you can't convince them, confuse them. And that's the wrong way to go about this. We need to make it understandable. Absolutely. I've been in, I've been in court a few times, but I've, I've, I've never subscribed that motto of trying to confuse people. I think a lot of jurors and a lot of people, they're really seeking to understand. And I see that as our job. Um, and I'm, you know, I said, we're very happy and very pleased to work with the Texas Appraisal Board to try to educate more Texans and hopefully more people around the country. I love it. One final question before we get to, to um, Morrison and the uh, anonymous appraiser question. Um, have you read the book, The Color of Law? I have not. I'll, I'll put that on the list. Have you heard of it? I have. Um, it is a fantastic book. It's a well-researched and well-put-together book. But I think, you know, for someone in your position trying to get a handle on the valuation profession in general, and as an attorney, certainly, I think you'd really get a, a, a get a kick out of reading the book. It's, it's illuminating. It, it sheds light on some structural and systemic problems that have landed us in this place we are today um, with disparity in values. Um, but I think it's a really good book. Um, again, uh, Brian, thank you for being here. Let's see if we can get Jim Morrison back in the room with us. All right. Well, so thanks, Jim, guys. I thought that was a great discussion. Before you go, Brian, we do have an anonymous appraiser question. Um, and the appraiser starts out, this isn't really a topic that requires anonymity, but I thought I'd offer it for your consideration. And I'm going to stop right there. You know, we set this up as anonymous appraiser, but if you want a shout out and you're a regular listener and want to ask a question, we'll put your name out there. So we're looking for questions, comments at appraisalbuzz.com. But uh, he goes, I wonder if the next guest could talk about the difference between how licensed and certified res uh, credentials are recognized across the country. My state recognizes only the certified which makes sense. Some questions that come to mind are nationwide, are there more certified or licensed? What was the original purpose of defining two uh, different levels? And is that purpose still relevant? I'm going to take a stab at that first, Brian, and you can chime in if you want to. So <clears throat> in the residential appraisal space, you've got licensed appraisers and you have certified residential appraisers. Um, I think that is a source of confusion for consumers and end users. 
Um, the difference in those licenses literally come down to um, de minimis levels, which means the um, minimum amount of a loan that someone is, is borrowing. Um, a licensed appraiser is limited to a certain number and a certified residential appraiser can basically appraise any type of residential. I think it might be cleaner and easier to understand for appraisers as well as a consumer if it just went to certified residential and certified commercial. Uh, Brian, any thoughts? You know, there was a, a very wise old lawyer that once told me that if somebody's already said something very well, just sit down and shut up. And I think you've said it perfectly. <laughs> That may be the kindest thing an attorney's ever said to me. Brian, thank you so much for being here. If we can get Jim back in real quick. Jim, thank you for setting this up. Um, I, and, and Brian, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Any last words from you, Jim? No, Brian, we really appreciate that. And we're looking forward to seeing at some more industry events. Hopefully you can join us in Las Vegas for Valuation Expo. Likewise, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, we continue to look for more opportunities to partner. We're looking for additional opportunities to educate and also get our staff educated as well. So we, we, feel, we feel like we're, we're in this all together. And if we work together, we can actually make improvements and, and see well, things I happen. Would, I would say if you're even remotely interested in coming to Valuation Expo, please join us. Bring as many of your staff members as you can. We would love to have you there. Um, and I would, I would like the chance to shake your hand and meet you face to face. And then I think the education opportunities at Val Expo are, are astonishing. We've got some of the absolute leaders in the industry. And for all the other people out there listening to the Buzzcast, if you haven't signed up for Valuation Expo, do it now. ValuationExpo.com. Is that correct, Jim? That's right. All right. Well, Jim, is that it? That's it. All right. Thank okay. you, John. I appreciate it. Brian, thank you. For uh, Brian Snoddy and Jim Morrison, I'm Hal Humphreys, and that is your appraisal buzzcast for this week.